Shut up and sit down. It's Saturday night in Fremont. It's time for the Seattle After Party! Hey, ladies and gentlemen, it is the Seattle After Party, the podcast where we focus on the Seattle arts, entertainment, and creative community and show you why Seattle is such an amazing place to see shows and support artists. Okay, so uh, before we get started with the show, I just want to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at after party hosts you can follow us on facebook just look up seattle after party or you can visit our website seattleafterparty.com and you can communicate with us via that find all your updates we also have an instagram account seattle after party so uh ladies and gentlemen it is a brand new week this is a house party episode we, uh, I'm actually sitting here in my car. We've had CSZ Seattle practice. We went out afterwards and had drinks. So this is really is an after party, but it's kind of like in between after party and house party in that I am in my car, not in my house. It's a car party. It's a cardi. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's where we are. Anyways, I wanted to bring up sort of the elephant in the room of Seattle, what's going down in Puget Sound sort of news. In this past week, we learned of the passing of Chris Cornell of Soundgarden, Temple of the Dog, Audio Slave, one of the founders, fathers, whatever you want to call it, of the grunge movement here in Seattle, which is a pretty big deal. Um, You know, coming at music from some other locale, uh, I'm not sure what your experience is. I grew up in Olympia, which is like an hour south of Seattle, and... The grunge movement really seemed to tap into what was there for us. Granted, I myself wasn't as connected to it as the time. I was the early 90s to when grunge kind of hit. I was l- finally learning about music what was popular, what was, mm, you know, like, what was my music, I guess? Because I was there with everybody when we listened to MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice, and I still have great nostalgia for some of the the rap that came out at the times. I still talk to people about Yo! MTV raps and all of that. However... Um, what we've got here in Seattle is a community. And I think the whole grunge movement didn't happen just because the industry as a whole needed something. I do think the music industry as a whole needed that sort of, uh, 
pendulum swing away from the sort of glam rock and roll thing that was happening, the 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 highly produced, I'm not going to say overly produced, because I think there was some really great music that happened, but uh, of the late 80s, uh, I mean, we were already here in Seattle. We had bands like Queensryche, um, and uh, the Soundgarden and Temple of the Dog, that stuff was already happening in the late 80s. Uh, it just wasn't on the radar of people, but the community of musicians here in Seattle were like, who cares? Who cares what uh, the industry says is popular? Um, I think what you're doing is really good music. It's quality. You're talking about real stuff, and it's going to make a difference. And guess what? It did. It made a huge impact on the global scale of what people listen to, the cultural thing. I mean, Seattle still, when people move here and think about what Seattle is, there's a lot of talk about that. I mean, the Seattle music scene has a lot older roots. I mean, from Jimi Hendrix and Hart and uh, even further back than that, I mean... Uh, Bing Crosby was from the area. So, uh, and I mean, even like creatively, we had uh, Bruce Lee is buried here because he found this as his home. These are things that I think are really cool about Seattle. It's not like Seattle, bef when some of these things happened, was so well known. It's just that Seattle has a very creative community and it's up to us to both take a look at what's here and support it. I look at somebody like Chris Cornell, um, who did commit suicide, and I I heard some different questions, like he was taking Ativan, and too much Ativan has psychological side effects that lead to suicidal thoughts. Uh, and this is something that's worth discussing for the various reasons of that, but I mean, Seattle's also known for Nirvana, and we all know what happened to Kurt Cobain as well, and I do think that there's there's a support that we can do for each other, uh, whether you're from Seattle, whether we're from wherever we're all people and people are all trying to do something uh, whether it's a creative outlet whether it's a raise a family outfit, uh, whatever. I do think that this is vital. And that's what the Seattle After Party is all about, specifically about the greater Seattle area. Uh, it's it's very important that we take a look uh, at what we've got around us. You know, uh, it's funny because I'm, I'm always reminded of the statement in politics of think globally but act locally and I think that act, that applies to the entertainment industry and the music industry as well like yeah think about music as a whole but what's going on locally who are your local artists uh, very much so if you've got local artists hey 
Um, tell us about them here on the Seattle After Party. If they're from the Seattle area, I want to talk to them. I want to find. I want to meet them. I want to talk to them. If they are a musician, if they are a writer, if they are a painter, if they are a visual artist that does comic books, if they do video games, if they do some sort of weird art or entertainment that isn't mm, what you normally think about, I want to talk to those people because I think that uh, Seattle's been doing really good in the world of we're having a boom here in Seattle. We've got a lot of new people moving in. And a lot of that has to do with tech, a tech boom. And the reason it's happening here in Seattle is because Seattle is such a great place to find people who are smart. Uh, the atmosphere breeds these sort of intelligent people who are able to solve weird tech problems. But that doesn't come from nothing. It comes from our creative background. Seattle is... It's not L.A. It's not New York. It's not Chicago. It's none of these big cities where the people are here looking to make it. Um, I do think that when it was the 90s, I kind of felt there was, uh, in the music industry, there was sort of a vibe of people were here in Seattle. Some people were hoping, yeah, hopefully I can make it since people are paying attention to Seattle. But the reality is it's kind of people... There's a good artistic culture of people doing stuff just for whatever their art is. And not to say they're sort of... I mean, there are these people. But not to say they're sort of kind of pompous about what art really is and what art they have to push to the world. I think there's a mix of people who are... your crazy artists who are just going to make crazy stuff... And people who just want to be creative. Uh, and Seattle's a great city to do it. And I would love to have you here in Seattle making creative stuff if you are um, even thinking about it. So if you're making sort of a... If you're thinking about moving to Seattle and you're making a pro-con list, put on your pro, Daryl wants me in Seattle. Um, and he might even have me on his podcast. Because it's true. I probably would. Um, not to say that I have low standards, but if you're willing to put yourself out there, I have a pretty high respect for you. I think, uh, mm, tangentially, uh, there was a talent show at my kid's elementary school just the other day. And I remember watching some of the worst performances uh, I mean, kids, bless their hearts. And I mean that in the very southern bless their hearts way in that they were really bad. Some were decent and you saw some skill, but some were just like doing anything and putting themselves in front of people. But now that I've been doing entertainment for as long as I have and I've heard enough people tell about how afraid they are to get up on stage, to watch those kids get up on stage with whatever level of skill they had, I was like, you know, whatever. I don't care how good they are. 
I give them props just for getting on stage. Uh, while I was watching it, I was even reminded, and I told my wife this, I was like, you know, I am just remembering that in fifth grade, me and a friend had made a routine uh, to a song that was called Olympia. I remember there was something like, Olympia, Olympia, light the flame and let it burn, or something like that. It was all about the Olympics, but we were growing up in Olympia, so it kind of had double meaning for us. And so we were doing, we were going to do this whole sort of dance routine thing. I don't remember the details of it, but we even had like fake gold medals and everything. And I was, I was ready to go. I was ready to go. And my friend Ian, his family was super supportive and they were really the driving force behind it happening. But when it came down to it, we were sitting there backstage for this talent assembly and he was like, I can't do it. I can't get up on stage. And at the time, I was really... I was really annoyed because, dang it, I thought we had worked hard and we got this and we were doing good and I was ready to go up on stage. And now I I wasn't going to be able to go up on stage because this guy was too afraid. And uh, I, I hadn't remembered this in so long. And yet, here I was watching these kids and going, you know what? None of these kids is too afraid to get up on stage. And that's a big deal. Uh, I I know they weren't that great. Some of them were okay. And some of them I could see a real basis of a, of a talent that they'd either worked on or was inbuilt. But mm, no, just getting up on stage is a huge thing. And so I think that's why we got to support everybody who actually gets up on stage or puts themselves out there. I've had writers on. <sighs> Writing, it's funny that there's stories of these rich writers. They're so few and far between because mostly writing is just this, like any other art, is just this thing of passion. Like, you have to write. I remember Raven Oak. Um, please go back and listen to Raven Oak episodes talking about how she's just got to write. I mean... I would like to write, and I think I should write all the time, but I don't feel like I have to write. Like, she seems to feel like she has to write. Um, you know, and I've had musicians on. We've had uh, we've had Glenn and Tony from Windowpane on. We've had Liz and Dan from Late September Dogs on. And these are musicians who have put years into just continuing to play music, having day jobs so that they can support their music career. These are the people we need to support. These are the people that uh, we need to go out and watch them live. We need to buy their stuff because in the long run, their album is just 10 bucks, and that's a couple lattes. Uh, whether it's a music album or a comedy album. I remember uh, Derek Sheen recently had an album that was Tiny Idiot. I spent 10 bucks on it. I was like, great. I support this person. And also I have, you know, some new comedy I can listen to every once in a while and share with other people and it'll make me laugh. Uh, this is good stuff. This is... And you know what? 
there's something that you can get with the local artist that you can't get with a national artist. It is a connection. For the most part, unless they're a jerk, and there are, there are definitely jerks out there, but for the most part, a local artist is going to be humble because they're going to know they're not... Um, they're not a superstar. There's there's multiple levels. There's uh, there's the local artist who like knows they're not a superstar. There's the regional artist who thinks they're hot. Sh- and I will edit that out. Uh, <laughs> that that is kind of a jerk. And then there's like the big time artist who has had a lot of people help them out and wishes people would just treat them like a normal person. Um, who is actually probably pretty nice, unless they're already a jerk. Um, but that's been my experience uh, with people. And I do think that the best thing is finding those local people that are really good people. And uh, here on the after party, we've gotten a chance to meet some really great people, some people who make Seattle a really special place. And you can actually connect with them on a personal level and if they do make it big in any way you can always be like i knew them when uh and not only that but when if you keep that connection up they're doing something later it could just be just a cool little things that happen uh to you and i i can't stress it enough if you treat people like people and dreams as important as they are your own and other people's that it's it makes a difference in this world it makes a difference for you it makes a people difference for the people around you um and i just i just think that's what this is all about and going back to the original sort of elephant in the room of this story you know Chris Cornell committed suicide way back in the day. Uh, Kurt Cobain committed suicide. Being an artist is hard. You have to deal with so much of your own mental problems telling you you're some sort of fake while you're making whatever art you are. And you might be making terrible art. And it's way better than somebody who's not making art. We need art in the world. We need creative people in the world. We need people trying something new. Um, and so along with that, because it's so hard mentally to be a creative person, we also need to support each other. We need to... Um, we've all got friends who've got a hobby. Support that hobby. Um, you know, we've all got to be there for people don't you know and not brush things off because geez chris cornell was on top of the world and has been for many years and killed himself it could have been medicine it could have been medical and it might have been but man could anybody have made a difference i'd like to think so um so but on a local level I'm I'm very sad about it. I mean, he he. I'm glad we have his music, and I'm glad we will get to enjoy it for evermore. Uh, it's sad to listen to right now and be reminded that, you know, he, <laughs> I 
can't listen to Black Hole Sun anymore and think about the line of like, won't you come and wash away the pain and think, wow, that was a message. Or uh, say hello to heaven. It's like, wow, he's, if there is a heaven, he's there. Uh, you know, and just thinking how sad that is. But it'll come again where I can listen to the music without that background. Um, and I'm glad we have that music. I'm glad we have the art of artists. I'm glad we have the book of writers who have passed um, beyond. And uh, uh, we just need to support them more and more. Uh, and with that in mind, we've never had a bit before on the after party where we've talked about somebody who's died. I had once before where we had a member of our improv community who died and I talked about him. It was also a house party episode. Uh, but I think that if there's a local artist from the Puget Sound area, from Western Washington, from the great Northwest area, uh, and I don't know about them, and they pass away, let me know about them. I will research them and talk about them on the podcast, uh, whether it's a live recording or uh, another house party episode. So uh, please let me know. We need to, whether they're, when they're alive, totally support them. When they pass, Remind people how great this area is. Um, you know what? And if you live somewhere other than Seattle, I'm going to keep reminding you how great Seattle area is and the Puget Sound or areas or the great Northwest, which is multiple states. But your area is great too. I've lived many different places. I've lived in Denver. I've lived in San Jose. I've lived in North Carolina and... Each of these areas of the country will have different cool things going on, like cool little feelings, cool en bits of energy, um, and I'm sure every everywhere you go has the same energy, uh, and I'd love to hear about them, uh, and I would, I would take a moment to, I'll make, if you have some local person you think I should make a mention of, let me know. Go to seattleafterparty.com. Hit us up in the contact form uh, and say, hey, here's some local band from my hometown. Uh, here's a local artist from my hometown. They're not big yet, but they deserve some notoriety because they're doing great stuff. Let me know. I'll spend a moment and say that's what this is about because that's what the after party's about. It's about taking a moment to support our local creative folk um so find that out somebody passed away hit up seattleafterparty.com and let us know and we'll talk about it i promise <clears throat> all right moving forward um we've got a couple shows coming up uh this next weekend uh this this podcast will be coming up um on uh, a wednesday which I guess is what the 23rd or the 24th um, I should really pay attention to the dates uh, and uh, but this coming weekend 
we are going to actually interview one of our own, uh, one of our hosts, Jakiva Phillips, who is the host of uh, or runs a company called Word Lit Zine. It's a poetry and literary uh, e-zine that comes out. But she also does other things like uh, some some different sort of festivals. Like she's got one coming up of Bibliophilia, which has lots of different uh, authors and other events related to storytelling and poetry coming soon. So uh, we'll be doing that next weekend and talking to Jakiva. Uh, she is absolutely one of my favorite people in the world. One, um, one of my bestest of friends uh, that I know from improv and otherwise. And she is quite amazing. So if you want to find out more about what makes her tick and how she gets so much done... Uh, listen to our next live episode or join us here. Start watching our Facebook feed to find out about the event when we lock down the date. It's either going to be Saturday night or Sunday afternoon uh, at the Atlas Theater. We'll be recording an episode of that. And then June 4th, we will be having Nearly Dan, which is a local to Seattle uh, cover band for the band Steely Dan. They are, I believe it's a 12-piece group. We won't have every uh, member of them. I don't know who all is going to show up, but we'll have at least one and hopefully two or three members of Nearly Dan at the event to on June 4th to talk about their band and some upco- upcoming performances that they've got. It's very much worth your while to listen to that and find out about um, that, I don't know what we'll talk about, but I'm thinking already, what's it like to be in a cover band? What are some of the issues that you have to deal with? Uh, do you have anything where your band members would like to do your own stuff? How does that play out? And those are some questions that I'll ask along with other things. So, um, that's it for today's episode of Seattle After Party. I've been Daryl. You can follow me specifically on Twitter at Diacrefx, at D-I-A-C-R-E, which is Deacon in French because I'm a Francophile and my wrestling gimmick name was Deacon. Also, uh, you can follow this podcast on Facebook. Just look up Seattle After Party on Twitter. You can just look up at After Party Host. Uh, meant to represent all the hosts of the after party and if I could get more of them to use the post it could be from any of us but so far it's just for me uh, and you can also follow us on our file us or find us either way you know you might find us and then file us because uh, you are that sort of person who likes to organize things uh, on Instagram where you can look up Seattle after party on Instagram it's just uh, Seattle After Party, uh, all one word, and uh, find out some pictures that we have. I'll take some pictures of myself in a car, being as silly as I can, uh, for this episode even, and post that on Instagram, so you can follow and see what's it look like when we record in a car. Uh, <laughs> Alright, thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you in some future live episodes, along with other house party episodes. Have a great time visit local artists, 
We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.